Hi, I'm Shane Hurlbut. I'm an ASC cinematographer, and I wanted to kind of talk to you about something. Getting started in this industry is almost impossible. And my wife, Lydia, and I, 14 years ago, created a resource called Filmmakers Academy to make it possible. We saw a lot of gatekeeping in this industry and not a lot of sharing knowledge. So we wanted to pull back the curtain, give you confidence, teach you all the necessary skills to be an amazing, successful filmmaker, and package it all on this online resource that you have at your fingertips, on set, on your phone, on your laptop, whatever it is. So we're going to give you $50. So if you go into the show notes, click the link, and hit the promo code FAPOD50, you're going to get $50 on your first year of an all-access membership. And I cannot wait for you to join our immense and immersive community at Filmmakers Academy, where we network, we share knowledge, we just bond as this huge filmmaking uh, resource to ignite your creativity and push you beyond your boundaries. I cannot wait to see you in the Academy, and let's get to the podcast. All right, in this Inner Circle podcast, we dive into... Trying to find balance amidst relationship and career. We're looking at beauty and finding beauty in the chaos. And we kind of go through what worked for us as a family, how we raised our kids amongst the chaotic schedule of, of feature after feature. Uh, we talk about our failures um, we talk about that uh, wonderful communication and connection between your partner. Uh, what worked in the relationship and tips and things that we've learned over 35 years. All right, so let, let's dive in. Yes, let's get into it. Welcome to a new season of the Inner Circle Podcast. I'm Shane Hurlbut. And I'm Lydia Hurlbut, and we are happy to be back again. It's been a while. It has. It's been a minute for sure. But um, yeah, today we are going to dive into a question that we get asked an absolute ton. And that's, how do you balance your career with your family? That work-life balance. And if I was to describe our family work-life balance, it would be beauty amid the chaos. Yes. <laughs> For sure. And I think it is finding your own serenity and zen zone when so much comes at you. And it doesn't matter if you're just starting out and you're making your way and you're building or you've been doing it for a while and you're leveling up. And I think it, it really is so different for every family and for every individual and for every relationship. Yeah, but absolutely. There are a few threads, I think, that we've learned over the years that seem to kind of be things to pay attention to and to see what works best for you. Yeah, and I, I think that... You know, we have been over the course of 30 plus years finessing this because 
It's like a roller coaster ride, I feel, because sometimes when I was really having to scrape and and you know grab whatever I could and you know try to take a movie after movie to build my resume to get myself out there to kind of uh, make myself noticed. Um, this is the time when you know it's really hard to to balance that family and continue to connect. Um, you know, Terminator Salvation was a perfect example. We didn't really see each other for over 11 months. months. And that was very tough because I'm a warrior, but that's a long time to be parenting by yourself and to really have you so unavailable. And I think the biggest landmark thing that I could say, if there's one thing we do consistently is communication, right? Because you're my person. You're, you're the number one person in my life. Our relationship is foundational to everything else, right? Because if your relationship is off or disconnected, then your parenting is off. If you have kids or your, your other, you're off. Yes. And that's the thing where everyone's like, when you're at work, you got to be at work. Uh, but it's very hard to do. If you have a chaotic uh, family life and things are going wrong, it's very hard to focus on set because, I mean, you miss them. You love them. You want to. And we've had many of those situations in, in our lives where those moments happen and you you just feel kind of powerless sometimes where everyone could say, okay, Terminator Salvation was shot in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Well, that's only a two and a half hour flight from Albuquerque to, to Los Angeles. But when you are also prepping, prepping weekends, shooting the weekends for second unit, it's not so easy to just get on a plane and go. The, the hardest choice for families and especially as the kids get older, is do you want to go on the road with the person and do you want to kind of have a more... Uh, home base. Home, home, well, I was going to say homeschooling on the road. Right. And, and take that on and be flexible and fluid. Or is it something where you have the support system in whatever city you're living and your friends are there and your kids are in school there and they want to be there and play sports? And for us, that was the scenario because it was also how we grew up. And the times that I went to set, it was spoiled and surreal. And I had to unwind behavior in our kids. Yeah, I mean, from... think about where we, how we grew up, right? It's like you were in drama, you were in chorus, you were in band. I was, you know, played four sports uh, a season, mm-hmm. um, you know, a year. Uh, I was, uh, I was also in chorus. Um, you know, these are the kind of things that really shape you as an individual growing up. And to not have that base we felt as husband and wife and as parents that we wanted to give that opportunity to our children. 
to have the home base, to not be ripping them from Prague to Nice to Budapest to Albuquerque Mm -hmm. to Boston to Atlanta and try to school them, try to, you know, it's like I'm on a movie for four months. Yes, we could put them into a, you know, a local school or whatever, but think about the new kid on the block every time going in, introducing you know, bullying, all those kind of things mm-hmm. that end up happening with that scenario. And I think that the community piece, and it's it's such a personal decision because some people it works great for. I just think for us, we were raised in such a small community with so much support, and we chose to raise our kids in a really kind of rural, small community with a similar level of support. Now, there were times when I thought, I don't know if I made the right choice. Right. A lot. Because as much that fell on you, fell on me in terms of decision making and handling whatever happened in terms of illness or, you know, school project. The day-to-day grind. The day-to-day without the support of having you there. And I think the other thing is that no matter how emotionally supportive you are, and we visited all the time, it's not as though we just stayed home, we would visit on vacations and in the summers for as much as we could. And the beauty in all of that is that our kids got to see different areas of the world and they got to meet different people. But I think that there's an inherent flexibility necessary and you have to be okay by yourself and you have to be okay handling all of the needs of the house and anything that happens and breaks down and and we didn't have family support my dad was living in Thailand your parents were in upstate New York and we have no siblings so our best friends really became our family and were incredible at helping me and being there and cooking dinner together and these kinds of things that you would normally rely on family for. And so our friends became our family, and that's really the way we made it work. Yeah, and I think an uh, interesting thing to know about both Lydia and I is we are both only children. We had to play by ourselves. We had to entertain ourselves. Uh, we didn't have a whole collection of brothers and sisters to kind of beat us up and take us to the carnival and, you know, do all those kind of things. You know, we just, it was just us. I mean, I remember coming home from school and I would play this game by myself where I literally would play a nine inning baseball game by just throwing a super pinky, this pink ball off of a barn off the side of the barn and then I'd field it and then I'd throw it again and that was me mm-hmm. getting the person out at first and if I throw a really hard one and I missed it I'd have to run into the outfield and you know all these kind of things that you kind of build this creativity in your mind it's the imagination and I think that the other thing is um, because being an only child and I was raised mainly by my dad and my mom was more out of the picture, though she was there in certain times. But I think that I grew up with all adults other than my friends. And so I was very used to entertaining myself and going into my imagination and making fun things up to keep myself entertained. And I think that that's a lot of the curiosity skill 
when you're in chaos is something that I have really honed well. So instead of getting frustrated or instead of seeing something as problematic or, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, Shane's gone again, which of, of course you think you're grateful for the work, but the reality of what that means is totally different at every phase of raising kids. And I think if you could just get curious about it all, like, wow, I wonder what this is going to be like and be open and flexible to whatever comes in stops resentment from building because residue and resentment are the two things that crush a relationship. Yeah. I mean, your partner has to be all in for this to work. Yes. I mean, it's like, I, I remember, you know, Lydia and I, we've been together since we were in 10th and 11th grade. So, um, she saw the movie industry kind of grow into our relationship. So we, you were able to see it and, and get more accustomed to the times away and everything. It wasn't like, uh, one day I was there and the next day I was gone. It was definitely a crawl, walk, run scenario, uh, to kind of get you acclimated to. Yes being by yourself a lot. And I was fiercely independent with my own career. Yeah. Right? So I was in graduate school in Virginia. We were commuting. I did, I very much did my own thing in nursing and forensics and everything apart from the film industry. And so it worked perfectly because we were both so career focused for really the first 10 years. And we're never going to have kids because we realized that having kids would mean that to do the parenting that we wanted to do, one of us had to sacrifice and we weren't ready to sacrifice for a really long time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say, I really thought we did that well. Um, you know, taking the 10 years before we decided to have kids after we got married to really, you know, travel the world, um, you know, and have the flexibility, like I could just hop a plane when I wasn't nursing to go and be wherever you were in the world and take chunks of time off. And, and so then by the time that I, we did decide, okay, you know, let's I'm, jump in this. Let's jump in. And we really made the decision about who was going to stay home. It was not a sexist thing at all. It was literally who can make more money between the two of us. Right. So uh, and then it's having the support for the person at home, because I'll tell you, it is so much to raise kids and raise kids with a partner or a husband or your person that you're in a relationship with that is really unavailable in a unique way to any other job. And I think it's because of the money on set, because of the demands that are asked of you. The time pressure. The time pressure, the constantly being asked to do more with less and you cannot possibly sit there on the phone and if if somebody's having a crisis, it has to be put out, the fire or whatever's happening has to be put out by the person at home. No, I know. And it's like we tried it uh, a lot. You know, Miles or 
or, you know, Kira would have a meltdown on something and you would call and they would be on the phone and we tried it and you're like, Hey, can you talk right now? You know, miles really needs you. And I'm like, Lydia, I, the sun is crashing. I got the techno crane 50 feet in the air. We're about ready to blow up the Seven Eleven. I'm sorry, love. I cannot talk right now. And these are the things that happen on a hourly basis on a movie set. Um, and yes. it doesn't matter whether you're shooting a music video, commercial, narrative, documentary. I mean, these are just the demands of the job and what you're asked. How do you put a bow on this? What's, what's our secret sauce? How do we, how, how have we tried to uh, create this amazing balance? I think the biggest thing for me, being more in the at-home role with support is to know that even, and I would say this to the kids a lot, and it really made sense with that to them, dad can't talk right now, but it's really important that we talk this through with him. So we're going to wait to make a decision on this. Or, And I remember Miles gave me the hardest time. He's like, can't you just make a decision? And I would never do it without you because it would always burn me every single time. Oh, absolutely. Time. Because he'd split us apart like, you know, uh, <laughs> ramming a damn a wedge in between us. And it's and like we had to be united with that child. A united front. <laughs> and and with every kid because kids are really good. And no, they're, they're good really at manipulating. Manipulative, right? Yeah. So I think it's finding a time when it does work for you to be together and to let them know how important they are and that you're there the, to do the best you can in that very moment. But it's also things can wait to be solved. And I think that everything feels like an emergency to kids. And then once we talked it all through, when emotions were calmer a little bit later, it was a better decision anyway. And I felt supported and some things even had to wait till the weekend, just depending on whatever no, was, was happening. So I think communication and understanding how to best work within your unit, whether it's just the two of you, to not have to understand the ebb and flow on set and to make it work within your relationship. I think the other thing is we over communicate with each other. Because that's what makes a great relationship for us. Otherwise, I feel like you're hanging out with this movie family all the time and so close with them and we're left out. Right. And that's a very real thing. No, absolutely. And I think that your partner has to understand that, say, say you are breaking into, you know, you were shooting commercials and music videos and you get your first big break to, you know, shoot a movie. Mm -hmm. or a TV series or something. This is where your partner really needs to understand that this is the time that they have to sacrifice. Uh, they have to, you know, understand that the family is going to, it's not that the family is now not number one, but it's just where the priority shifts within the number one scenario. So maybe it's, number one runner up, you know, kind of scenario. Or another way to look at it is sometimes family is going to be where all of your focus is. And other times set is going to need to be where all of your focus is. And the great thing about features is that you can, you theoretically, unless you're doing back to back to back to back to back, you should have a few months off. Right. 
in between the two. And that was the wonderful thing where we really balanced that nicely. Yes. We tried to not just roll right into another feature. There was always two to three months. So for everyone working out there, the biggest piece of advice that I can give you is when you come home off of that job, you are home. You are invested with your kids. You are not distracted. You're not trying to get the next gig. You, you know, it's like you got to be home and really show that you want to be there and that they are the most important thing in your life. And I gave no mercy. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> So Shane would come home off a project and I would say, okay, great. I now need a break because I've been doing this nonstop and I know that you're tired, but so am I. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's, you can be too understanding as the partner and you can be too rigid as the partner. And I think it's finding that, that lovely fluidity where you're really connecting with the person and saying, what is it? that I can do for you right now? What do you need? After being the warrior for four months at home, what can I, as your partner, your person, do to help you feel great? And vice versa, both ways. I mean, if you were to be a fly on our wall in, in our home, we're very non-traditional. And we have three generations Shane's mom has been living with us now for uh, six years. And we... Your dad lived with us for almost three. And my dad for almost three. Shane loves cooking, so he does the majority of the cooking, though I, I can cook. Yes, but, <laughs> but I, I, I do not like your chicken teriyaki, though. I'm just going to put that down right now. And every time you still try to feed me that thing. I still try to make it. It's really good. Shane just doesn't <laughs> like teriyaki. So, um, but I very much let Shane do the quote unquote domestic kitchen thing with cooking. And he's very good at it. And so... It, it's interesting, right? Because so I've always done the finances. I do all the numbers. I run the business. You do the cooking. You are the artist shooting movies. We both parent. So what I love about it is that our, our kids have seen really non-traditional roles in so many ways. Yeah. And I think having three generations under a roof is inherent chaos. Yes, it's, it's inherent chaos because everybody needs something and everybody's going into a different phase. And on top of that, you have your work that you're trying to juggle and everything coming at you last minute. And so it's it's figuring out to find those moments of, of beauty and gratitude and appreciation for for the the chaos oh my god it the chaos happened today i i got out you know i was running down here for us to be able to do this podcast and i hop in the car and i get on the phone with kurt and i'm like kurt i'm gonna be there at uh, 10 48 and i'm like oh no i forgot the flowers so i hook a u-turn and i come back right so i'm you know pull up to the house and i'm trying to get in the door and for some reason I don't know how it happened, but the door was locked in a way that I could not get in it. And I'm turning the thing and everything. And of course, I finally burst in the door and I go, Jesus effing Christ, right? 
And there is the PT person standing right in front of me and my mom's mouth drops. And I'm like, this is the chaos of our home right yep. then and there. And then Marie, the other caregiver, pokes her head out around the corner. And I'm like, sorry, guys, I always make a very, very uh, dramatic entrance. And I apologize for for the language. And the PT lady was shocked, but then kind of laughed. And yep. then I grabbed the flowers and left. <laughs> It's like, come on, what are the odds? I think that's the, the main takeaway. The, the beauty amid chaos is what are the, the odds? odds? What are the odds? Exactly. So I think uh, balance doesn't exist. It no. really, it, there, there is no perfect balance. And that's the biggest message because it's a setup if you think. Yes, okay, I'm going to do it this way and, you know, have this perfect balance and have time to myself and have this wonderful schedule. Because every time I try to plan that, it blows apart. You know, I try to schedule certain days for Reiki or I try to, and I finally gotten to the point where I literally take one day at a time and I realize that, you know what, Sometimes I get to do a lot of Reiki. Other times I don't get to do any because of everything else demanded of me. And that's okay. Yeah. Think about how many family vacations we've canceled over the 30 years of of me doing this. Yes. And we've gotten really smart about the way we do it because it has to be last minute. Spur of the moment. Spur of the moment. Lightning in a bottle. In the moment, because every time we try to plan, every single time, it ends up getting canceled. And that upsets everybody horribly, because then you feel like your thing to look forward to was taken away. Right. So the the best recipe for that is unless you have a regular TV show and you know that you're going on hiatus. Exactly. If there's a schedule that you know, but with being a freelancer, I mean, I was called three days ago to basically hop on a plane in two days to, to go somewhere. On a project. Yeah. yeah. That That is reality. That's not just happening once. That's already happened eight times in 30 years. So- yep. Um, you know, it's like having, I, I would say to the best way to set yourself up for success is to really cherish those moments when you are off a project and then seize the day, uh, or the weekend or the week to know that you're not going to, you know, you, you have a break and you just act on it. It's not a big plan. It's not got all the bells and whistles of I'm going to, you're going to go on this bus tour and then you're going to go on this and then you're going to see that. And you don't book all these things. You can't book anything. Without Um, travel insurance. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the one thing. Always buy the travel Travel insurance. insurance. Oh my God. Uh, It's, it is saved our butt every time. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really connection is number one cherishing your person is number two and then really trying to shift priorities to meet the immediate need as much as you can and and let those in your life and i've said this a lot i will fail i'm doing my best i i am literally trying so hard and i'm doing my best and i'm i have too much on my plate and so I'm going to drop balls. Oh, you would call me up on, on you know, not on set, let's say, you know, after, when I'm after yeah. we've wrapped and you were like, I failed as a parent today. Oh, yeah. You know, and I mean, you get frustrated or you 
you take the bait and and you get into the argument or you and then at the end of the day it's so horrible because you're like wow why did I why did I do that I was overtired I was not at my best it's been too many days I haven't been able to pass somebody off and I actually went back to the kids and said you know what I am so sorry that was a really bad moment <laughs> and I wish I could take it back, but I think it's owning it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they really ended up respecting that. Like I messed up and I want to do over because we all need do overs. Oh, I want to yeah. do over in that moment. And I want <laughs> you to erase your brain from what just happened and give me the opportunity to do it the way I would have liked to have done it the first. And it's not like it's an apology. It's more like a do-over, which is really great. It's like you say, okay, this I want to do this over. This is the way that I should have yes. uh, said this or the way I should have reacted. Because, you know, uh, the apology thing of like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have done, so, you know, those are the, those, that just gets into the same thing. I love you, I love you, I love you. You got to mean it, yes. right? And or it you, just, it becomes meaningless yeah. after a while. So it's like, you have to own it. And owning it is by saying, I would like a do-over. Yes. This is the way I should have said this. And I should have reacted to what you said, or, you know, whatever the situation is. Yeah. And we've done a ton. I think it's making it fun too, right? Like I always said to the kids, especially when you were gone for long periods of time, it was really depressing to watch you go out the door with all the luggage. Yeah. And we would kind of all sit there and look at each other and be like, oh, dad, you know, Shane's gone for the next, you know, four to five months. And as as sad as I am to leave, I'm also so excited to get started because I absolutely love what I do. So that's exactly. the, that is the weird, it's such a, oh my God, it's like I'm crying inside and happy at the same time, you know? But so what we did was after the, you know, after you pulled away, I thought we need something to look forward to. We absolutely need something fun to do today. We need something to look forward to so that we're not just all sitting around depressed and wanting to cry, right? right. And so it's building in those moments to look forward to something, whether it was like a play date for, with friends for the kids or going to a museum. We love that. Like we would go to museums all over the world and, and we love looking at art and children's museums, all of it, right? Yeah. Or going to an outdoor concert or going to the park or going swimming, whatever it is. It's, it's building in something to look forward to for your psyche and not just that kind of blah day. Yeah. You know? And it's taken Lydia and I a while to really finesse this. I mean, you know, when I was building my career and really trying to make a name for myself, uh, it was, I mean, we were communicating, but it was, it was really difficult. And now I think that we, we've really found our rhythm, um, where it's like one of the things that Lydia and I do is we try to, no matter where we are in the world, we try to do the same rituals, the, uh, the same habits every single day. Uh, one of the, the rituals that we do is, is we both love to meditate. So when I wake up in the morning, 
the first thing I do is grab the phone to make sure there was some emergency crisis crisis that <laughs> happened on set, like my pre-rig was not going well or they got locked out and we we're going to be delayed. You just, you got to check your phone when you're, when you're wake up first thing in the morning, because it could always be a, a shit show. So you got to, you know, understand that. But once that phone, once I see that there's no fire that I need to put out, uh, I lay in bed and I just meditate. And and we... I love this because trying to get Shane to meditate took a lot of years. More, it did, didn't it? We're going on like 25 years. You were so resistant to it. And it was so funny because I'm like, oh my gosh, the benefits are, are <laughs> so great for your brain. So relaxed on set. So wonderful, right? And and whether you do it for five minutes, two minutes, anything is better than nothing. So I'm very proud of that little rub off that I had. And then we stretch and stretch. If you can walk or whatever your exercise is, then do that. And it doesn't matter. This is the beauty of it. It, We don't have to do it at the exact same time, Mm -mm. but we're each other's accountability partner for doing it. And I think that that's the biggest thing. We sync our watches. So we always know when we're, oh, Lydia finished her workout. Oh, she closed three rings. She won an award for the week. It's like this, this device is a communicator. Yes. Right. It's telling me, oh my God, she, I, and I see it as a motivation. I'm like, oh my God, she closed her rings. When I get home from set, I'm going to, you know, power walk or whatever it is so I can close mine. So it's like these little devices and, and things that we've done. And then whatever meditation that we uh, selected that day, I send it to Lydia in a text and she sends me hers. So we build our own little playlists on what we like. And and I think, you know, the other thing is just texting the person. If you're on nights and I know that you're sleeping and I can't call you first thing in the morning, I send you a text or fi- write you a letter even. And I think that these things really, you know, like a really nice note to let yeah, you know. Love letters. I, I try to, every movie I try to do love letters to you where Same. I just sit down and I compose it. I'm not distracted. I'm not pulled in 90 directions. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, pour my heart out to you and how much I miss you and, and how grateful I am for everything that you do and, and who you are. I mean, you're, when you walk in, you light up the room. And when you, when I'm not with you, um, and I'm, I come home to a empty apartment and I got to cook my food and all this kind of stuff. I miss that, that ball of lightning that you walk in and light up the room. And I, I miss your positivity and just that, like five-year-old mentality that I think both of us have. Yeah, it's like, and, and I miss your humor and your wacky, zany, over-the-top. Oh you yeah, know. I'm I'm definitely <laughs> over the top. What do you call me? I'm extra. The hurricane. Well, oh yeah, or or you are so extra. extra. It's ridiculous, right? But anyway, I think that it's it's finding what ways work for your relationship and it's constantly keeping it fresh and constantly trying we've been in this 35 years together 35 years 
and actually together over 40. That's a long time. And what happens with a lot of couples is you take the person for granted. You just don't really try anymore. And I think it's it's really trying as though you're just starting out to, to cherish the person and to keep it fresh and fun and so that you remain in love with the person and you don't wonder why did, who am I married to? Why did I marry this guy? Yeah, I always try to also go back to those puppy love moments when I mm-hmm. first fell in love with you and everything that I did, the little special little things. And then I always try to do one or two of those during each, you know, movie that yes. I'm on, uh, you know, to just reconnect that puppy love scenario of it's like, like I'll send you a playlist, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, share a playlist of, of, of music that I've put together or, you know, like a love letter that yes. I send you or, you know, whether it's flowers or, um, I know you love your crystals, so I'll go online <laughs> and I'll find crystals. We have many crystals here yes, today, Lydia. I know. We're I'm surrounded very... by your crystals. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, these are the kind of things I just try to think of and try to, um, and and you also, as your kids get older, you also try to connect with them. Like I'm out at a street fair and I look at something and I'm like, you know what, Kira's gonna love that. And I'll grab it and then I'll just mail it to her. And out of the blue, she'll get a little gift. And it's like... Or Miles would really like whatever it is. And it's the it's the same thing. I think it's the thoughtfulness that really goes a long way. And it doesn't have to be a gift. But I think your greatest... The thing that I'm the most proud of as your wife and watching you be a parent is the way that you've connected with our kids. You know, being distant hundreds of thousands of miles from them but they don't feel that distance because you found a way to emotionally connect in at whatever age they were right and and it really it's it's harder when they're little because they don't understand distance so much and and we tried all sorts of crazy things oh my god we we, we tried facetime you know when facetime start Started. first came out yes for all of you listeners yes we were there before FaceTime. Um, uh, but yeah, the FaceTime a- app, uh, and before that was Skype. So we started Skyping, right? We, we've done everything from being on speakerphone at the dinner table to trying to leverage technology in every way possible. And sometimes it worked great, and other times it made the kids more upset. Yes. Because they could hear you, but they couldn't be with you, or they could see you, but they couldn't touch you, depending on their age. And it was actually more traumatic to them. So I think it's really just kind of... Yeah, there was like a whole whole time where we just stop the Skype and FaceTiming with Miles. Yeah, uh, for because sure. he was so upset about it. And so I think the the biggest thing is see what works, try a lot of different things, get so creative with it, and remember to have fun. Yeah. Because even though you're physically apart for periods of time, you're going to go for vacations. You can have the kids research stuff that they want to do in the city if they're old enough and make it really so that we as a family are going here. And I think that is the other thing, having family vacations, even if it's just a long weekend, whatever it is, but something every single year 
for, and it doesn't need to be expensive. I mean, you can just drive a half of an hour away and get an Airbnb, whatever it is. But I think it's it's having something that everybody can look forward to and count on. And this is what we're doing as our family to create a tradition. And I think that it's those traditions that, that are so important and cementing. I mean, I think about the summer vacations where we actually you know, it, it, where it fell in sync, yes. you know, my shooting career, then the summer was down and then I'd fire back up in the fall though. That time was mm-hmm. pretty special with, with, uh, with our family, you know, we went back East and, uh, we wanted to show, you know, the kids uh, Washington, D.C. We wanted to take them to Boston. We wanted to show them Civil War battlefields, Revolutionary War. We wanted to, you know, be able to go to the North Church and ring the bell and say, one if by land and two if by sea, you know. It's <laughs> and like... where we grew up on Cuga Lake in upstate New York, you know, we wanted them to understand how we grew up and to see our town. and What the rural kind of vibe was. And they're yes. like, my God, you guys lived in the middle of nowhere. No. Where? Yeah. <laughs> I think that the epic fail that I could talk about, because I think it's so important to talk about failures in addition to success, because right. we made a lot of mistakes. Yes. I think the biggest mistake we made that the kids got the most upset about was the canceling vacations. I yeah. think that was something where we tried so hard to plan it because it's what we did as a family. And then we kind of learned after disappointment after disappointment. Well, we kind of got out of sync. We There was like three or four years in a row where the family vacation was Worked. working very well. And then all of, and a, then sudden all of a sudden didn't. it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was a big thing. I think um, the other thing is if you were gone particularly long, then... I would just do something fun without them. And they they did not like that you were not there. But at the same time, why should everybody have to sacrifice? Right. So we would go to see grandparents by ourselves. We would go and just do our thing. And I think that that is, so it's not, you don't get into the scenario of, well, Shane's not there, so we can't do it. Because then they would resent, well, why is he gone all the time? And why... You know, and I'm, you know, realizing as, you know, somebody that's on set and being pulled in 90 different directions, I am also like, my God, I'm missing out on mm-hmm. their lives. I'm missing out on your life and our lives together. Right. And, you know, it's like, I think back and it's like, was it the right choice to do all these things that I did? And, you know, hindsight being 2020, could we have balanced the time on Terminator better? Of course we could have. You know, it's hard for me to say no because I don't like being told no. Right. Right? I don't like being told no by the producer. No, Shane, we can't afford that. No, we can't have that sea camera crew. No, we're not going to get the Russian arm. I don't like the the no because yeah. it hampers my creativity, right? So, you know, it's like hearing the the no with all of it is, you know, really difficult. And I think the other thing is you have to be who you are as a human being. Okay. You are meant to shoot feature films. You're so incredibly talented. It's who, thank you, but it's who you are in your DNA. You can't force a person 
to be something that they're not. And I, or they're miserable. Right. They, they are miserable. And I think if, if anything that we have seen, and sure, would, would we make different choices, hindsight being twenty twenty on certain little tiny things? Yes. But you have to run your race. And running your race means shooting feature films. And with shooting feature films comes sacrifice. And just as I have to be who I am to be able to explore different wellness things and, and keep learning and growing as a person and challenging myself. And that's my DNA. And, and, you know, I think our kids have always seen and our family has always seen amidst all of the chaos and, and craziness, that these are two really happy people who love each other, who love what they're doing in life, and at the end of the day, really lived it so fully and, and are not scared to try things, to try a business. You know, I think that that's what you model versus you know, limiting yourself or being angry or resentful or, or not trying something. It's like living life full on and, yeah. and out seize loud. the day and, <laughs> you know, live that day like it's your last. I mean, we've, yeah. as a family, we have practiced that wholeheartedly. Yes. You know, it's like, because, you know, time is precious and we all are getting up in age and we all know that, uh, the, the, we've passed our 50%, uh, <laughs> right. In uh, terms of time left. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, you know, it's like, I really have the last five years, I've really felt like we have fallen into a beautiful, like, sync and understanding each other and really communicating and the kids are are you know we're watching them grow and become these incredible adults yes. uh young adults and and i i think that okay if this happened when we still were you know plagued with failures all the way we the i think the core of us loving each other mm -hmm. and seeing the happiness of just the day-to-day -day that the kids witnessed, mm -hmm. I think that's what is going to be the takeaway and why I think they've turned into really great young adults and will continue to. I think so too. And I think to bring it full circle back to the relationship, I think it's bringing out the best in the other person. Right, in each other. In each yeah. other. Because... As a couple, you either grow together or you grow apart, period, the end. And I think it's really, what can I do to bring the best out in you and vice versa and still maintain my essence? Exactly. And open your mind to, <laughs> right. you know, the, mm -hmm. the, to change and to not be so regimented and this is the way it goes. You know, it's like, you gotta, it, what do we call the, the flow? It's like that, that let go, let flow. You know, you just really need to have the, this, you know, 
be able to just move. It's kind of just kind of a liquid environment where, you know, it's like sometimes the, the wave comes up here and then, then, and then it goes over in here and then you just are reacting to that. I think that you got to go with the flow. You can't try to, I mean, what was that thing that you said about stress, your quote, um, it's stress comes from trying to make something that. Oh, yes. So stress is trying to change something that is. Right. And and that is such a brilliant quote. It's not perfect. <laughs> but it is a brilliant quote from Eckhart Tolle. And it's it's you don't like what exists. And so you're trying to change it. And that creates incredible stress. Right. So I think it's, it's bringing out the best in the person, being open, not living in fear, and realizing that, you know what, you don't have to have all the answers. No. I, I don't have so many answers. I am figuring things out on the daily. Right. And that's okay. And, you know, what we want to do is kind of show you what worked for us and where we failed. Um, maybe, you know, taking your kids on the road with you or your partner on the road with you is what's going to be successful. And you we know. want to hear from you all what has worked, what you've loved, um, what you wish you would have done differently, because that's how we all learn and support each other. And I think that that is so important, right? Nobody has the perfect path and all the answers. And if they do, they're not telling the truth. Exactly. So I think it's, we want to take more questions from you coming up. We're, we're really excited to get back to answering some of your questions. We just wanted to get vulnerable and share because... We get asked this one particular question so often, and we can't wait to hear more from you. So please get questions in that you would like us to answer, because Shane and I love that. All right. Well, that's this episode of Beauty Amid Chaos and the Inner Circle Podcast. And finding your balance. Hi, I'm Shane Hurlbut, and I'm an ASC cinematographer. And my wife and I have created this incredible resource called the Filmmakers Academy. And we'd love for you to download and rate our app. If you're a filmmaker, do yourself a favor and download the Filmmakers Academy app today. It's available wherever you get your apps, most notably the App Store, Google Play, Amazon App Store, and the Roku Channel Store. The app includes everything on the platform for all access members and from content to community and coaching opportunities, everything you need to master your craft. So download the app. And this is the most important part. Be sure to rate it. Rating us really helps us spread the word and enhance our rankings in this dedicated app store. So if you love what we're doing, this is a way to show it. Together, Let's take your career as a filmmaker to the next level.